Hello and welcome to the Unapologetic Moms Club. We're here to dig into the deep shit to help you feel empowered and give you the tools to break free from patriarchal standards and create a life you not only survive, but thrive in. Without further ado, let's dig in. Hello and welcome to another episode inside the Unapologetic Moms Club. Today I am really excited to be talking with Laura Martier, who is a holistic nutritionist who is going to be talking to us about balancing our hormones. So welcome, Laura. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for chatting with us. So let's hear a little bit more about you. Could you do a brief introduction for us? Absolutely. So I'm Laura. I'm a registered holistic nutritionist and I support women in balancing their hormones so that they can lose weight without having to go on a restrictive diet, um, reclaim their lost energy and their lost libido and just feel good again. Fantastic. I think we all want to feel great within our bodies. Yes. So uh, for baseline, let's briefly talk about what our hormones are and what they're responsible for. So your hormones, you can think about it as like the chemical messengers in your body. So they're sending out all sorts of different signals. They are performing hundreds of functions. So whether it's your thyroid that is helping support your metabolism, your energy levels, your cortisol, which is your stress hormone. So helping support your body um, when it's under periods of stress, Um, your insulin. So your blood sugar plays a huge role with your hormones. So it's basically, again, little chemical messengers that are firing out signals to your body so it can function optimally. Okay. I already feel like I've learned lots. (laughs) Um, So what are signs that you have a hormonal imbalance? I'm guessing based on what you said, kind of low energy is probably going to play into that. Absolutely. There's many, many symptoms of hormone imbalances. And depending on what your symptoms are, it will kind of lead myself as a nutritionist or other trained practitioners down um, the road of which hormone is actually um, out of balance. So think of things like PMS, heavy periods, um, irregular periods, low libido, hair loss, bloating, constipation, um, mood swings, anxiety, depression, all of those things can be indications that we have a hormone imbalance going on in our body. And I find a lot, um, and I'm sure maybe this will resonate with a lot of your club members, is that as women, we've kind of been trained throughout our life to just accept a lot of those symptoms as just a normal part of being a woman, like PMS, Mm -hmm. for example, or menopausal symptoms like hot flashes. Um, We just accept that that's a normal part, part of us transitioning into that phase of our life And in fact, it's not. That's a cue from your body that something is off. And when you start to make the right kind of strategic changes, those symptoms will almost always go away. Wow. Yeah. Hearing you list off those symptoms, I know there are things that my community struggles with all the time. It comes up every single week in my stories. Um, And I know a lot of people, myself included, have been seeking out mental health support as things play into anxiety and stuff like that. Um, So it sounds like we should also be looking into our hormones as well. Absolutely. Like your hormones are very much um, tied to what's going on with your moods, your anxiety, your depression. So they all, you know, it all kind of factors in together and can be a contributing factor. Another huge one that I um, specifically work with a lot of women on is um, either waking, unexplained waking or stubborn weight that they can't get rid of. So often, again, as women, we've been kind of trained throughout the years to resort to restrictive measures or diets um, in order to, you know, lose the weight or hit our happy weight for good. When in reality, what you need to be doing is addressing what's the root cause of that waking or that stubborn weight. Nine out of 10 times, it has something to do with your hormones. Interesting. Yeah. It's really nice to hear you talk about that because generally what I hear for people in those situations, it's, oh, your body's just used to your workouts. You need to try something different and restrict more. Exactly. So like that whole eat less, exercise more drives me crazy as a nutritionist, because it's just not as simple as that. And so, you know, also women will rely on willpower to get them through. So they start that diet on Monday, they try to push through. And by Friday, they're off the rails again. That's because they're not addressing um, their hormones and getting their blood sugar balanced and doing all the things they need to do so they can easily go through the day without craving, you know, all the sugar and carbs, or wanting to eat every hour. Yeah. 
And again, interesting, never heard of insulin and blood sugars tie into all this either. Yeah, it's just foundational for hormone health. Mm-hmm. Um, and how does birth control affect this? So birth control can actually have another very frustrating thing is that often if women are struggling with um, irregular periods, heavy periods or whatever, the doctor's first line of defense is to prescribe the birth control pill to kind of help moderate and get everything even keel. Mm-hmm. The problem with the birth control pill is that A, it impacts your hormonal harmony B, it can also impact the way that you're absorbing certain nutrients. So particularly like your B vitamins can become depleted when you're on the birth control. And so it can lead to things like, you know, uh, low libido, extra fatigue that's going on. So you're just kind of putting a Band-Aid fix on the problem and you're not addressing the root cause of what's going on. Like what's nine out of 10, when a woman comes to me and they're struggling with heavy or irregular periods, that's a sign that they're potentially estrogen dominant, which means- their their balance of estrogen and progesterone progesterone sorry is out of whack and so that's leading to that plus a whole host of other symptoms and the birth control pill also um is known for reducing your libido mm-hmm. right so all the things that we don't want as a woman mm-hmm. and then i'm curious um once we go off birth control does that kind of throw our body is off then too because we're not getting that hormone from that pill anymore Absolutely. It can take quite a while. Like for some women, it can take up to six months to a year to kind of get yourself back to where you need to be because it'll have, it obviously has an impact on your estrogen levels and everything. And so it can take time to kind of let your body reset and get back to where it needs to be to feel, you know, like you're got your libido back again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Libido and energy are kind of the big ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what can we do to help balance our hormones? How does insulin and blood sugar play into this? So blood sugar balance is number one. Um, It's kind of mission critical when we're dealing with our hormones. Um, And it's because you do not want to be riding that blood sugar roller coaster where your blood sugar is spiking up and down, crashing up and down throughout the day. Um, It just has a ripple effect on the body. It causes your stress hormone cortisol to go up. Um, and then which when your stress hormone is up, it will lead to other a cascading effect. So all your other hormones will begin to become imbalanced. Mm-hmm. So it also has effect if you're having, if you're the person who is riding that blood sugar roller coaster. So, and you'll know this because you eat a meal and an hour later you are hungry again, or you're the person who's always craving sugar and carbs. That's an indication. Um, it is going to lead to you're like energy slumps in the day. It's going to lead insulin is a fat storing hormone. Do not want that. So when you have excess insulin coming around and you know, you've, you're dealing with stubborn weight, that's usually a sign that you're either got a blood sugar dysregulation or something going on with your stress hormones. Okay. And so, so sorry to keep your blood sugar stable. Mm-hmm. Like here's what you can start thinking about doing. So just making sure that with every single meal, it's well balanced. So it has protein, fiber, and a little bit of healthy fat. So that combination of those three um, nutrients will help instead of your blood sugar spiking up really quickly and then crashing down when you're eating like a lot of processed carbs or sugars, mm-hmm. you eat protein, fiber, and healthy fats. It'll kind of like slowly spike and then kind of come down. Okay. Um, is protein like any kind of protein? Like what comes to mind is say like eggs, beans, chicken, turkey, I'm guessing red meat, you would probably want to limit it. Or is that the case in this scenario? Limit it. But like, again, I find this is something I see so often with my clients. Um, they're under eating in protein unintentionally. So they think they're hitting the mark. Ideally, we should be aiming for about 20 to 25 grams per meal. Um, okay. And so for reference, what would say a chicken breast um, be in grams? Roughly. Sorry. I'm so probably be around uh, like the size of your hand, maybe like 10 grams. Okay. Um, I think one egg would be about six. One hard boiled egg would be about six grams. Wow. I am not getting enough protein. <laughs> right. And so another thing, if you're starting, if you're that person that's starting your day without you're skipping breakfast because you're in mom mode and just kind of racing through the day Mm -hmm. or it's just breakfast isn't your thing. And you're just reaching for that cup of coffee. You're right there. You've set yourself up um, for the entire day for your blood sugar to be spiking up and then crashing down. Um, It's probably contributing to those late night cravings that you're having. Mm -hmm. 
are those three or four o'clock energy slumps because um, coffee on an empty stomach will cause both your insulin to spike and your cortisol to spike. And that's what kind of sets you up later in the day. So in the morning, even something as simple as throwing collagen, a scoop of collagen powder into your coffee. Oh, okay. So collagen powder has protein in it. Then Collagen powder has protein in it. Yeah. Okay. What are other ways? Because 26 grams of protein per meal to me sounds like a lot. Um, So how is it kind of achievable to work that into your meals? So even for like breakfast, you could think like smoothies. If you put one scoop of protein powder in your smoothie, Mm -hmm. right there, you're getting, depending on the protein powder, about 25 to 35 grams. Okay. You could do um, even a bowl of Greek yogurt, which already has some protein in it. And then again, throw in some extra protein powder, throw in um, some seeds. So like some hemp hearts mm-hmm. would be great to add in there. Maybe even some nut butter or some nuts. All of those things kind of cumulatively will add up to giving you the protein that you need. Okay. Nuts and seeds, snacking on trail mix, I imagine could be good rather than like salty chips or something, get the protein through the trail mix. Yeah. And then just make sure when you're thinking about it, start, and this is like, you make this slow transition um, as you're kind of learning to adopt these different ways of eating, but thinking about protein, where's, when you look at your plate, where's my protein, where's my fiber and where are my healthy fats? So Mm -hmm. healthy fats, like it would be, if you're having a salad, your extra virgin olive oil or avocado oil, or it could be avocado with your toast in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Those are the two main ones that come to mind is like olive oil and avocado. What are other healthy fats? Would nut butter kind of play into the healthy fats as well? Yeah, absolutely. Even like the seeds. So hemp hearts again, that's another great source. You're getting a little bit. um, Mm -hmm. But again, it all adds up. Yeah, and I imagine like fish would be kind of the combo too, where you get the protein and the healthy fats. Exactly, yes. Okay, and then about fiber sources. Um, I know like in our house, that's primarily like say multi-grain bread, pasta. We do have a lot of white pasta. Um, What do you recommend for good fiber sources? So good fiber, I'd like to like your fruits and your veggies. Really, it's like your whole food sources of carbohydrates, right? So I'm not saying we have to give up carbs because that's your body's number one source of fuel, but just be strategic in the carbs that you're consuming. So steer clear of like the highly processed carbohydrates and try and opt for getting your carbs from fruits and veggies or from whole grains um, instead. And then another kind of like trick that you can implement is no naked carbs. So do not eat your carbs alone. Oh, okay. So if you pair them, when you eat them alone, that's what causes that spike and that crash in your mm-hmm. blood sugar, which is what the opposite of what we want. When yeah. you pair them with some healthy fats and a little bit of protein, that goes away. It'll help your blood sugar go up much slower. Okay. So it's really about having the balanced meals to keep things on an even keel. It is really about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's... Is that primarily for like the blood sugars and insulin levels, or does that help balance our hormones in other ways as well? It helps overall your hormones, because like I said before, when your insulin starts to spike, your cortisol, your stress hormone starts Mm -hmm. to spike up. So cortisol, just briefly to give some context, it's your stress hormone. So when your body is under stress, whether it's from work, family, life, whatever you've got going on, that's going to go up. It's kind of like your flight or uh, fight uh, response, mm-hmm. fight or flight response. Fight or flight. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, but it's also will go up in response to perceived stressors in your body. So if you are under eating, chronically dieting, pushing yourself way too hard at the gym, lacking key nutrients, if your blood sugar is rising and dipping a lot, then that's a perceived stressor and your cortisol is going to go up. So what happens is when cortisol goes up chronically, like day after day after day, it keeps being pumped out to help support your body, it's going to divert attention away from other hormones. So that's when things like estrogen, testosterone, progesterone will all fall out of whack because your body is prioritizing producing cortisol. Okay. So it's like the cortisol just kind of takes over and then everything else starts to drop off. Correct. So if you are constantly eating in a way that's causing your blood sugar to fluctuate, your cortisol is going to be spiked and there's going to be a cascading effect. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, how does thyroid play into all of this? So your thyroid, again, it'll be impacted again by your cortisol production as well. Okay. Your thyroid is responsible for many functions in your body, but it does also support a healthy metabolism mm-hmm. um, and your energy levels. 
So um, if you are struggling with, you know, you're gaining weight or you're not able to lose weight or you have a lot of fatigue or um, dry or brittle hair and nails and that, those could all be indications that something's kind of off and going on with your thyroid. Oh, okay. And what do you recommend for helping thyroid? I'm assuming the food kind of plan we had just talked about. Are there other things or specific foods? Yep. There's specific foods for your um, thyroid. So things like selenium. So to get your daily amount of selenium, you could, it could be as simple as eating three Brazil nuts. Oh, okay. That sounds simple. I'm like, I honestly don't know what selenium is, but yeah, it's in, uh, it's a mineral and it's in, um, Brazil nuts is the easiest way to get it. Okay. Yeah. And again, just like other lifestyle factors, like managing your stress. That's another key one. Next to blood sugar, kind of the next foundational thing for supporting healthy hormones is stress management. Okay. Because it's in relation to the cortisol staying elevated and then causing that cascading effect. Yeah. And so that's really just kind of managing what's on our plate, asking for help when we can meditation, exercise, that sort of thing. Do you have any other suggestions? Yeah. And it's also being aware of certain habits that you may be engaging in that are unintentionally putting stress on your body. So if you're chronically under eating, if you are um, always, if you're going through like a really stressful period in your life, but you're still pushing yourself hard at the gym um, and over-exercising, that's going to impact your cortisol. If you are not prioritizing sleep, mm-hmm. that will have a ripple effect. Yeah, um, sleep, your is cortisol. sleep is a huge one. So there's all those kind of lifestyle habits that will also, if you're having too much processed foods, mm-hmm. um, that will cause a lot of inflammation in your body and that will increase your production of cortisol. Oh, Okay. And so that's, you hear about how like you want to stay away from inflammation and that can relate to disease and different things like that. So part of that is from the cortisol hormone spiking. And then the other kind of like foundational thing for hormone health is your liver health. Oh, okay. We we often don't think of that. Not at all. Tell me more. (laughs) But it's critical. Um, Your liver is your number one. It performs over 500 functions in your body, but it's like your number one. um, It helps to detox your excess hormones. So if your liver isn't functioning properly, then what can happen is estrogen will then just be recirculated in your body. That's when, again, you see women who are struggling with symptoms of estrogen dominance. So things like heavy or irregular periods, painful PMS, those could all be indications that we need to give your liver a little bit of extra support. Well, okay. Interesting. Things like um, eating three to four cups of cruciferous veggies a week can go such a long way. Okay. So like broccoli, kale, that's what comes to mind. Exactly. Spinach, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, try and include like three to four cups of those per week to support your liver. Okay, that sounds doable spread throughout the week. At first, I thought you were going to go towards a day. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. That's but <laughs> over a week, that's doable. We can add yeah. some kale and cauliflower into things. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, so that will just really go a long way in just giving your liver a little extra support, even just starting your day with a little bit of lemon water. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like lemon water. So what does lemon do? The lemon is just like lemons, limes, those kind of citrus or bitter foods like dandelion are very supportive of liver health. Okay. So like dandelion tea. Dandelion tea is a great one. Yep. Yeah. Um, how about sweeteners? Um, Cause I'm assuming like we want to stay away from processed foods, like you mentioned, high sugars for having that crash. Um, but what if you do just enjoy sweet things? Like is honey a good alternative or stevia or what are your thoughts on that? I would say honey and maple syrup would be my two go-tos. Okay. Um, but obviously I know some people with their coffee, their tea, whatever they're having, they like that little bit of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could use a bit of stevia, but again, keep in mind that it's, you know, a processed form of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd try and like, you know, slowly, if possible, wean yourself off of those. Yeah, I'm so bad for the flavored creamer. I have to admit, I love my silk um, vanilla almond creamer, but I know it's so high in sugar and especially I'm having it on an empty stomach too. Yeah. 
So, and a lot of those like creamers or the nut milks that are all the rage right now, and everybody seems to love having those um, as a healthier option, but you have to be very careful because um, a lot of those can include extra fillers and ingredients in them that can contribute to a inflammation in the body and also a lot of like um, digestive issues. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I imagine digestion plays a big role into this too, because you need things to work well to actually absorb everything. Yes. So actually your gut health is very foundational as well for hormone health. So usually when I'm working with a client, if they're a lot of the time they'll come to me with both some hormone hormonal issues and some digestive issues. So kind of like ground zero is we start with um, their gut health. Um, your even for your thyroid, your gut health is foundational because part of the conversion of your T4 to T3, which are your active and inactive thyroid hormones, happens in your gut. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. You need to make sure that it's working properly and doing everything it needs to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what do we do for that? The only thing that's really coming to mind for gut health is probiotics you hear a lot about. So probiotics and prebiotics. Prebiotics. What's prebiotics? prebiotics? Probiotics are like you're introducing more gut bacteria. Prebiotics, you think of it like you're feeding the bacteria that's there. It's food for the bacteria that's there. Okay, so one's like the programming, this is how you do things, and then the pre is this is what you actually want. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And so here's something super simple that you can do to support gut health. Is every week or two, whenever you're getting your groceries, rotate the fruits and veggies that you're having. So I know for a lot of us, you'll have like, I always buy apples and oranges, or I always have tomatoes and cucumbers in the fridge. And they like, we don't kind of veer out into other different types of fruits and vegetables, but each um, different fruit and veggie has different um, benefits for our gut and we'll eat different gut, gut microbes. So if you could just every couple of weeks, switch up instead of getting apples this week, get pears, instead of getting tomatoes, get some kale, you'll be supporting your gut in a tremendous way. Yeah, that's a great tip. It's I'm totally guilty of buying kind of the same fruits and veggies. And I've started trying to swap out just one or two items of new fruits to get my kids to try different things. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to hear that I should perhaps start doing that for other things and for our whole family to be eating that variety of foods. Yeah. So that'll go a long way. Even just like having, you know, sauerkraut or kimchi, those are all good sources of um, like their gut healthy foods. Yeah. So the fermented. Yes. Um, and this may sound like a dumb question, but I know there are no dumb questions. Does pickles fall into that? Um not your like regular run-of-the-mills pickles that you're getting at the store. Like you have to get properly. Okay. Um, I can't think of the, I'm trying to think of the brand name now. I can't off the top of my head, but there's yes, okay. a certain, not like your regular that you're grabbing off the Yeah, shelf. not like the Bix pickles, but if it's like even someone who's picked them from the garden and is fermenting and canning them themselves. Yeah. yeah. So that'll all go a long way. Interesting. Um, and so with the probiotics and prebiotics, I just want to confirm um, with that, are both of those in like yogurt and fermented foods, or do you need to kind of actively seek out for the other one? If you are eating a lot, if you're getting your required amount of fruits and veggies, mm-hmm. like you're eating that, you're getting enough prebiotics. Like that's not something that you would need to supplement with. Okay. Um, and then probiotics you can get through like your yogurts and all yeah. that kind of Okay, so you don't need to worry about it too much. It's mainly just that balance of the meals with the fiber, healthy fats, and proteins. Exactly. And it's also foundational because I deal with a lot of clients that will come to me who are constipated, Mm -hmm. which has a big impact on your hormonal health. Because if you're not having daily bowel movements and get rid of your, like basically your liver is preparing the excess hormones um, to be removed from your body. Right. So if your liver is already not functioning properly and then you're not having a daily bowel movement to like get rid of the excess hormones, it's, it's staying in your body. You're going to, it's going to have a ripple effect and cause all those symptoms that you don't want. 
Okay. And I would like to clarify for everyone, because I didn't know this previously until I had issues throughout pregnancy, constipation looks very different. It's not just, I know I personally had in my mind where you're like sitting really struggling to have a bowel movement and it's days and days. Um, but it's actually more than that. Is it just not having a movement on a daily basis? Yes. Like that is. And which uh, you know, again, every client that comes to me, they're probably every three to four days and they just like, oh, that's normal. My doctor says that's normal. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it should be. Okay. Yeah. That actually used to be my normal in my twenties was every couple of days, but yeah. that has since changed. Yeah. Okay. Um, are there any other foundational things that we should be thinking about? So being very conscious of the products that you're consuming. So by that, I mean your household products, your skincare products, a lot of the, you know, main ones that we find at our local grocery store or local uh, pharmacy contain a lot of extra chemicals and those can impact your hormones, particularly estrogen. Okay. Yeah. They're endocrine disruptors, right? Exactly. So just being aware of, you know, trying to make switches slowly. So when I started on this journey, making the switch for our own household, Honestly, it took me probably three years to make the entire switch over because it takes time to research and figure out what new products you want to add into your house and, you know, Mm -hmm. the ones that you already have. So where I would recommend to start is like pick the ones that are staying on your, for your skincare products, pick something that's staying on your skin. So like your body lotion that is going to just sit on your skin all day Mm -hmm. and then slowly work your way to things like shampoos and conditioners that are less toxic. Yeah, definitely. Just start with what has the most interaction with you and kind of go out there. And it can be a daunting process at first, but if you just think of it one product at a time and kind of slowly chip away, it really adds up. It really does add up over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's a huge impact. Definitely. Um, are there any other foundational items? So I would say, like I said, prioritizing your sleep, your nutrition, getting your blood sugar balanced, your liver health, um, your gut health, um, your stress management. And by that, like, you don't even have to think of it as, you know, you have to go and take a, you know, a one hour meditation class or a, you know, one hour yoga class a day. Nobody has time for that on a regular day-to-day basis. So it could be something as simple as you are loading your groceries into the car and you're taking three deep breaths just to like calm that fight or flight response in your body. Yes. Or shifting when you wake up in the morning, you know, it's often, especially as busy moms, we wake up in the morning and we're like, go, I got to like, here's my to-do list and I'm racing and going. So just taking like one minute to like calmly think about what you want to call more of into the day. Like what's one good thing you want out of the day. It just has a calming effect on your body and will go a long way in supporting your hormones. Yeah, just really checking in and you can feel it too. Uh, As we talked about before, we officially started the interview. I had a hectic morning this morning. And when I sat down at the desk, I was like, okay, I need to calm the stress down and just have those few breaths. And it's honestly pretty wild to me how just a few breaths can make such a big difference on how your body feels. You feel your heart rate slow down and the stress calm down. Absolutely. Yeah. And then just, uh, you know, like I said, your sleep. So kind of setting a good sleep routine where you're, you know, trying to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day, avoid your electronics, you know, within an hour of going to bed. Yeah. You know, now, would you say eight hours is always the goal or like six to eight or what are your thoughts? Because sometimes eight, it's hard as a busy mom with school schedules and all that yeah. sort of thing. It is absolutely hard. So like if you can get eight, great, you know, seven to eight would be ideal. But if, you know, you can only get the six hours, then that's what you get. Um, But try and create those evening routines that are calming and help get you into a good sleep. Magnesium is a great supplement in the evening to kind of help calm and and de-stress you and get you ready for a good sleep. Okay. How does magnesium work? I've always been curious, like you hear how it can be good for helping sleep, but I'm curious how it actually works. So magnesium, like, again, that's a minute, that's a key mineral. And so many of us are deficient in it now because of just the quality of soil that our crops are grown in. Um, But it, there's different types of magnesium. Mm -hmm. So magnesium biglycinate is the one that helps with supporting stress 
and sleep in your body. Then there's magnesium oxide or magnesium citrate. Those ones help with constipation. Oh, okay. So there's different magnesiums that will help with different functions in the body. Oh, interesting. And when you mentioned the soil quality, um, that has me thinking we would see a lot of benefits um, sourcing more locally and from smaller farms rather than the really big mass-produced farms. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And then just even in terms of like knowing where your crops are, like where your food is coming from, mm-hmm. you know, is it laden with pesticides? So trying to, you know, get organic whenever possible for certain mm-hmm. foods, that'll all be supportive of your hormones as well, because you're mm-hmm. reducing your toxic load. Okay. And for organic, um, that's another thing that can be overwhelming to like go full organic. Where do you recommend kind of concentrating as a start if you're wanting to make the switch over? So I would say your fruits like berries would be a big one that I would make that switch because those are very, you know, porous. They'll take in a lot of the um, the pesticides or whatever they're using on them um, and sourcing high quality protein. So if you're eating animal protein, sourcing high quality animal protein. Oh, okay. Good to know. Well, yeah. So there's a lot of like, a, depending on, you know, where you're um, from, but there's, you know, you can access that from a local farmer mm-hmm. um, or True Local is another one that I will often, um, not sure if you've heard of them. But no, they, I haven't heard of them. They source um, like high quality proteins from like it's organic, hormone free, just good high quality meat. You can kind of do like a meat, like a subscription where they deliver right to your house. Oh, so it's like an online subscription model. Yep. But they sort from local farmers in the area. So I think they have one in BC, Ontario, Quebec, and I think there's a couple in the United States. Oh, interesting. I'll definitely look into that. We'll make sure it's linked in the show notes. Yeah. So that's a good option. Okay. Um, I'm curious, how, what are your thoughts on fasting and how it affects your hormones? We hear a lot of things right now about fasting, how you lose weight, kind of fast for 12, 14 plus hours. What are your thoughts on that and how it affects hormones? Absolutely. Love this question. I'm not a fan of intermittent fasting. I know it is all the rage and a lot of people will use it as a tool for weight loss. The issue I have with it is twofold. A, it's only focused on the window that you're not eating. It's not focused on the foods that you're consuming throughout the day. Oftentimes it leads to under eating, which now we know will place unnecessary stress on your body and cause cortisol to go up. Um, And I just like, it's not really a sustainable practice. Um, You're getting a natural fast every day. So if you finish eating at 7 p.m. and you're not eating again until 7 or 8 in the morning, you've already got a huge window where your body has been able to rest and digest and do all of its functions. Mm -hmm. So to be pushing it even longer, especially if you're someone who is already dealing with symptoms of hormone imbalance, you're just kind of digging the hole even deeper. Okay. And making that stress cortisol spike and all of that stuff that comes from that. Exactly. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. It kind of goes with like keto. I know that's another one that's kind mm-hmm. of been very popular over the past few years. Um, not really a fan of that as well. Uh, again, it's more focused on making sure you're getting, you know, enough fat in the day to fuel your body because your body is now using fat as its energy source instead of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're missing out on key nutrients. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, so even though a lot of women will say, oh, I feel fantastic on keto those first five or six months. And then after they'll come to me and they'll say, well, my hair is starting to fall out and, you know, my PMS has gone off the rails and I'm feeling awful because it's placed so much unnecessary stress on your body. And now your other hormones are impacted and it impacts your gut health in a huge way. Because if you're cutting out major food groups, like there's a lot of fruits and vegetables that are just not permitted on keto, Mm -hmm. you're limiting the amount of probiotic and prebiotic foods that you're consuming. Yeah which is really going to impact your gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And fiber too, I'm assuming. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. I like that you mentioned too, that it can be five or six months later because generally when symptoms start showing up, we're looking more in the immediate what changes happened. Yeah. So we might need to look um, longer than that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about supplements? 
When should we think about adding in supplements? What should we be looking at? Let's hear a bit more about that. Yeah. So supplements are just that supplements to kind of help you, you know, once you've got the foundations of a healthy diet in place, there's some supplements that I call like foundational. I would just recommend for any woman to be on, it'd be things like your omega-3. It would be, um, that will help with tamp down any inflammation that you've got going on in your body. And yeah, and I've heard omega-3s are really good for um, helping with brain fog. Exactly. Yep. So that would be supportive of that. Magnesium um, by glycinate in the evening because when just to help support good quality sleep, but also think about as like an active, busy working mom for many of us, that's a stressful period in our life. And when we are under periods of stress, certain nutrients can become depleted very quickly. So magnesium being one of them, B vitamins, vitamin C, those can all be used up very quickly in the body. So it can lead to like deficiencies. So magnesium is a good one, the biglycinate in the evening. Um, And then B complex is a great one to support energy. Um, It's just overall supportive. I usually always recommend that in lieu of a multivitamin. Okay. Yeah. Um, So those are, and probiotics. Those would be kind of my foundational. And then any other supplements that when I'm working with clients, we kind of layer them in as needed, depending on what we're trying to support at that time. Mm -hmm. Very situational. And another thing on supplements is that you need to make sure you're choosing a high quality professional brand. So that was going to be my next question. (laughs) Please, not your Costco or your Centrum or Jameson or any of those. A, they have a lot of unnecessary fillers in them. Um, a lot of them even have like yellow dye, blue dye, red dye, which are known carcinogens. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. So, and so aside from that though, you're paying still a lot of money for those supplements. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the quality, so you think, oh, it's got magnesium in it, but it has magnesium oxide, which is probably like the lowest, um, a, it's not helping with what you want it to help with most likely. And B, it's they're usually sourcing like the lower quality, the least absorbable forms of those nutrients. Yeah. So you're taking this supplement thinking, okay, it's going to help me, but your body's not really necessarily absorbing it. Mm-hmm. So that's something to consider too. If you're not noticing any differences after um, making some changes, adding in some supplements to look at the quality. Yeah. And also before you start supplementing, if you are someone who is struggling with digestive issues, you know, bloating, uh, constipation, any of those things, um, acid reflux, whatever else you've got going on, you probably supplements wouldn't be your first line of defense. Mm -hmm. First, we need to get your gut health in order, in order for your body to be able to actually even absorb it. And you Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it just kind of plugs up your body if it's not being absorbed and it's not going to help and just contribute to other negative things you don't want. Exactly. So even like something with like probiotics wouldn't be what I would recommend for a client right out of the gate who's having digestive issues. First, we need to like pull out all the things that were contributing to that, fix the gut, and then introduce the probiotics. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so we know to avoid getting supplements at say like Costco shoppers, things like that, where should we be looking to get them? So get them at like a natural, uh, you know, a health food store Okay. where you're going to get a good quality brand. A couple of the brands that I really like are Genestra, Genestra. Um, and Prev, AOR. Those are all like good quality supplements. Okay. I've been seeing AOR. They've been doing a lot of social media campaigns recently. I was okay. curious on the quality of them. So yep, that's it's good to hear that you like the quality. Yeah. Or even the St. Francis herbs. They have a lot of different tinctures and things for different, you know, whatever you've got going on in your body. Those okay. are all great options as well. Oh, great. I'll get my VA to kind of put a list of those for people so it's easy to access. I know it's really helpful when you know kind of the brands and things to look for instead of just what to avoid. And just make sure if you're obviously, if you're going to, you know, you decide to go the supplement route, I'd make sure that you're checking with a qualified practitioner before you do, because in some cases it can have interactions with medications. Mm -hmm. You know, particularly things like if you're going to go and try some of the adaptogenic herbs out there, you have to be very cautious if you're taking any kind of prescription medications. Oh, okay. That's very good to keep in mind then. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, that was a ton of information. I feel like I learned so much and I have a lot of things I want to personally work on now. Um, Is there anything else you want to add that you think people should know that we haven't covered yet? Anything else that I want to add? No, I just say like really start when you're starting to make changes for your own, you know, for your health and that like it can be overwhelming because I've just shared a ton of information with you and kind of like, okay, well, where do I start with that? Mm -hmm. Just think about it as like, you know, even just like one or two small changes that you make each and every week will go such a long way in supporting you. Yes, I'm all about the baby steps for all aspects of life. It's just those little incremental changes are more approachable and doable, and they really add up over time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and teaching all of us this wonderful information. Um, where can our community find you and connect with you? And if they want extra help, what can you do for them? So I do um, one-on-one online coaching. Um, you can check out uh, my website at lauramartier.com. I also am on Instagram at lauramartier.hw. So I'm on there every day sharing hormone healthy tips. Um, and then also, if anyone is interested, I have a free guide, like six steps you can take right away to support your healthy hormones and a three-day meal plan to kind of get you started and moving in the right direction. And you can grab that um, through my Instagram. Oh, fantastic. We'll chat after and maybe there's a way we can add that into this for you too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sounds great. Um, Well, thanks again. And to everyone inside Um Club, we will be diving into this within our Facebook group, our group chat and our bi-weekly hangout. So make sure you take time to actually sit and reflect on this and then we will dig into it together as a community. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us inside the Unapologetic Moms Club. Have questions or comments about this episode? Feel free to bring them to our Facebook group where we can connect and discuss things further. If this episode was helpful, please leave us a review so other unapologetic moms can find our community. Every reviewer is entered to win a monthly prize for merch and all different goodies. For more information and resources, visit our website at unapologeticmotherhood.com. That's it for now. You got this.